This Uinta Golf Open Championship update with Brian Taylor is brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Black Desert Resort, and get some guns and ammo. Time. I got some guns. <laughs> Time to bring in Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Brian, good morning. Did PK just start this with, I've got some guns? Yes, he did. Well, okay. You've seen you me sleeveless. <laughs> Actually, I haven't, but uh, I can picture it in my mind, and it's breathtaking. <laughs> That was from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> so the Open is underway. It has been underway. It still continues. Uh, Webb Simpson has only played three holes. Colin Morikawa has only played six. You got a lot of golf in front of you today, and yet there are dozens of golfers who are done. Jordan Spieth is in the clubhouse with a 65. Louis Oosthuizen has the lead after his 64. How much golf have you watched? How much more golf will you watch? Can you do a marathon? Can you just like watch 12 straight hours of golf? I'm I'm trying. I'm trying, yeah. So I, I had my alarm set for five. I figured that would give me three hours before we talked to get caught up on everything and something woke me up about 3:40, and i checked the leaderboard saw spieth was making a move and i was like screw it i'm getting up so <laughs> <laughs> i've been i've been i watched the opening tee shots too at 11:33 last night so it's it was a short nap um which i might have to have another one this afternoon but but yeah i mean how about jordan spieth doing jordan spieth kind of stuff again four birdies on the front after the bogey at the third he, bogey, he birdies uh, five, six, seven, and eight. Great par save on nine. And, you know, those of us that play golf realize that when you got it rolling, it's great. But those par saves almost feel like birdies at times to keep that momentum going. And then he added another couple of birdies there at 15 and 16. And, um, you know, great to see speed. Last time he opened up with a 65, he well, it was four years ago at Birkdale, and he won. Um, he's, the only other time he's opened with a score better than that was the 2015 Masters when he opened with a 64 and went on to win that Masters in record fashion. So, um, you know, Spieth's back to doing Spieth's ways. Uh, it's a comeback year, and, and look for uh, look for Jordan Spieth. He's, I think right now he has to be the guy. Yeah, that, that's strong. I mean, I sort of view it as like a 15-point lead after the first quarter. You want it, but still a long way to go. Yeah, and in his comments afterwards, to that point, PK, he said, you know, I like being in contention in major championships. I kind of chuckled at that. That's obviously a uh, you know, professional golfer at the top level, should say that. But he, he also went on and he kind of gave a little you know, sheepish smile, and he said, I've done a lot of things, a lot of different things with uh, you know, being in contention in major championships. So, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he acknowledged that he's, he's obviously won a few, but you know, he's obviously uh, you know, lost a few too. So, uh, a lot of golf, and, and as we said, this golf course is uh, certainly can be quirky and, and cause all kinds of havoc if you get on the wrong side of it. I will say this, you know, watching uh, an interview with their greenkeeper, um, who, by the way, looks he said he, he's been mistaken for a band member of The Cure, uh, the <laughs> Golf Channel guy interviewing him, thought he looked like somebody out of the band Kiss. He was definitely a unique-looking uh, greenkeeper character, but... Um, Anyway, he, he said they actually did a few things before since the last Open where they actually extended the second cut. And so if a ball hits the middle of the fairway, like we talked about, this is what I was kind of telling you earlier in the week, hits the middle of the fairway and then one you know bounces into the heavy rough, 
they've extended that second cut so the light, you know, rough, so that if any ball is hit in the fairway, you know, it's going to have a chance to not be in the junk. You're going to have to hit it offline to be in the really heavy stuff. And so uh, I think that's another reason why you're seeing some of the better scores so far this, this morning. So do you expect the U.S. players to react well to this over the course of the tournament, or do they play on such beautifully manicured courses that this kind of stuff and the odd hops, not only can it affect the golf, but it affects them mentally, and do you expect a European to win this? Um, I, I, no, I mean, sure. I, I, don't, I don't even know if it's American or European because – the top players in the game are all playing in America on the PGA Tour anyway, right? And I think it's those that embrace Lynx golf and the style of it. You know, you hear a lot of, you know, the players that just say, hey, this is, you know, like even Jordan, for instance, said this is very similar type golf to what he played in Texas, where it's windy and he has to play the ball down and flight it and that type of thing. So I think it's more of a mindset of do you embrace the idea that you're going to get some bad bounces or is it just going to bug you? that it's so quirky. And I think that there's a real mindset there, regardless of where you grew up playing, as that, you know, how you handle those types of uh, situations. So I, I will tell you that most of the, again, most of the guys playing on the PGA tour, uh, you know, they play at green speeds that are 12, 13 on the stint meter. These are barely at 10. And so that's one of maybe even uh, with along with the quirks and the bounces, you know, how many players can adjust to actually taking a bigger swing at it. Xander Shoffley changed putters this week. You know, just for that fact and, you know, where you've just got to be confident and comfortable with hitting it harder, where on the PGA Tour, it might the, the kind of strike you hit here might go completely off the green, for instance. So th- those are some of the nuances that the players are, uh, are, are facing this week, for sure. So if I extrapolate this out after the first round by the guys who finished with Ustazen at 64 and two guys at 65 and three or four guys at 66 – that it would be like in, you know, what, 24 under. I don't think it's going to be that, but what do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we saw, you know, what last, last time it was played in Ireland, um, you know, Shane Lowry got to 16 under. Uh, I think with the weather conditions, again, it's if you notice, if you're watching part of the coverage, you know, the, the spectators are in shorts and T-shirts. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's breezy, but it's not raining. It's not supposed to have any water. Uh, and so I think the conditions are going to allow, like I, I mentioned before, they've, they've widened out or softened the edges of the fairway, which is going to keep more balls in play. The, the golf course is extremely um, darker green, much more dark green than what I've seen in the past, where it's mostly just really baked out brown. So balls are, are holding, little softer conditions. And I, I just think with, with the weather being as it is, the softer conditions, um, you know, I, I think these guys are going are gonna to continue to score. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to see a winner, you know, at this point in time, probably getting out there into that 12 to 15 range. So you can't win it in the opening round, but you can lose it. Uh, do, you, do you want to write anybody off? Uh, DeChambeau and John Rahm, one over 71s. Are there guys here you just want to say thanks for playing and goodbye? You know, I'm not going to write the one overs off yet. I mean, especially, you know, those two guys, they're, they're both capable of, of going low. Um, and, you know, as we saw, Louie put a 64 out there. So I, I don't think Louie and Jordan are going to keep piling 64, 65 and, and just run away with it. This is, 
you know, the, the Open seems to have, you know, everyone has a round that they struggle a little bit in. But, you know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, right now, plus one's tied for 74th. I mean, only half the field's really gone out. Well, a little more than half the field. But, you know, you, you've got to – there's a – there's a lot of golf to be played. I I think, you know, shoot, I mean, you probably got to get it somewhere, you know, around par. I'm looking at, you know, guys that are, what's the worst score in the, in right now is it uh, plus seven, plus five in the clubhouse. So, you know, nobody really went, you know, completely off the rails, like could happen in this type of thing. And where guys hit four, four or five or six shots in a bunker. Um, so haven't seen any of that. So I, I, I think, you know, right now it's still, still pretty open. I think you got to be somewhere around, you know, maybe one, two over. Still give yourself a chance to have a good round tomorrow. So let me recreate the selection process to get your thought on this, right? So okay. Bob goes first, then DJ, then we go through, and and then we get to the second round. And I always pick last, so I'm picking sixth at this point, right? And I decide, well, you know, I like Oosthuizen, and I start talking about him. I, I mean, I literally speak it over the air. And then I decide, well, I could probably get him in the third round because nobody else is going to take him. And then what does DJ do in the third round, picking one ahead of me? He takes him. Now, I think he took him because I put it in his mind, and he knows that I'm a golf savant because I was the only one who picked Tiger to win like 37 years after his prior major. I called it, right? So then he goes and he steals Oosthuizen, and I call crime on that he claims he would have picked him either way your totally objective view was it influenced by me or was he totally going to take him either way savant indeed uh completely influenced i mean everything thank you influence right thank you i will tell you this you know louis is sort of the bridesmaid though right even though he has a claret jug from 2010 he is kind of a bridesmaid so while he looks good in the first round Oh. Not winning anything until Sunday, so you know don't don't get too distraught on that one. By the way, the selection process—I can't believe you stand for that. You're telling me you pick third every round. Yep. Yeah. You know that's not how it works normally, right? I mean, right. But you cheered for you it. You want to give you want to. It's like in golf, you have a handicap, right? So this is a version of a handicap because I'm just better than the other guys. So this is the version of the handicap. This is the one sport where you can use your handicap, right? So that's what it's we true. do. No? That's okay. why. Right. And the two things about me, Brian, that you know. Is I'm benevolent and I'm humble. humble. Yeah, that's humble. I was going to go with modest. That there's but. a lot of humility there. So basically, <laughs> what you're telling me is, if you're handicapping this thing, you are saying that PK is the is the best picker of of has the best eye for picking golfers in major championships. DJ second, and then Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper is a distant third. So you're going to give him a couple of shots. No, it, no, he's a guest in our house, so you treat yeah. him like a guest. <laughs> he's the guest, so he gets the first pick. What we could do is we could switch to the snake draft that a lot of people use yeah. in fantasy yeah. football. We could yeah. go to that. But PK likes going last, so when he wins, he can go after us. And when he did it with Tiger, he was like, I went last. I got him. You didn't. Then I called him out on it. You always say that. You have a complex for your youth. Like, you literally said it on the show, dude. What? Hey, wait, what? A minute, wait a minute. Can I, let, let me stop you right there. Go ahead. You're, you're giving me savant, and you're calling your Tiger pick, but you picked him. You picked two other golfers ahead of him? 
Because it was sweeter, I allowed them That's three chances <laughs> to take Tiger. I can, I can only bring these horses to the water. I can't force them to drink, Brian. They have mm-hmm. to do it on their own. And I wanted them to, but they didn't. And I thought, all right, I hate to do this, but I got to show them the right way. You know, like the parent who has to teach the kid the hard lesson. You don't really want to do it, but you have to at some point in their best interest. Same principle here. Okay, hold, hold on one second. Okay, one second. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got Tiger on line two here. Hey, Tiger, I'm on here with PK. He just wanted to tell you that uh, he picked you to win the 2019 Masters third. I mean, okay, you're talking, PK, you're on with Tiger. Go ahead and tell him how great you felt picking him third. Well, I believed in him. The other two didn't. <laughs> I believe I believe in him that if I get three picks, I'm going to pick him. Well, if I two. only had one. No, I wanted to make it that much sweeter. Don't you understand <laughs> the process? Listen to you. Listen to you. Wow. Most people do. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Man, nothing's getting by you. I've been up for six hours, and you're like razor sharp this morning. I'm impressed. Uh, somewhere, somehow, when I came to Earth, they said, yeah, we'll allow you to do this, but nothing else. <laughs> so who else you got? I, I didn't hear the pick. So who else you got? So you Bob got? opened by taking Rom, who he Mark. took with the first pick uh, at the Open, and that paid off for him, at the U.S. Open, and that paid off for him. Uh, I took Rory McIlroy, and PK took Brooks Kepka. Second round, Bob took Xander Shoffley. I took Dustin Johnson, and PK took Justin Thomas. Final round, it was Spieth, Usheisen, and Fleetwood. Mm. All right. Those are all good picks. Who do we miss? Who do we miss? Who are you thinking? Oh, I can't believe I didn't hear that name. Um, You said Xander, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you – I mean, you covered all the the main guys. um, But, you know – in all likelihood, none of them will win, right? I mean, that's how it works. But uh, Dustin Johnson's an intriguing one. Let's not forget he was in contention until he busted one out of bounds and gave it up for, I think it was the Ben Curtis Open way back when. Um, so on this golf course, I think Brooks Kepka there, it's, he, he didn't have his best stuff today, but he can get around this golf course. I think we'll see him. I think we'll see him make a move tomorrow. Um, I guess nobody picked Tony. He's sitting well, there. Well, we're not allowed. We, we, we banned Tony. Oh, we I see, Tony. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, That's we'd cool. all be a bunch of homers going for a guy and, that we And I wanted to pick a like. foreigner, and I was deciding between Justin Rose and Fleetwood, so I went with Fleetwood. I think Fleetwood's a great pick, too. He is, I can't, I don't remember where he's at. Is he teed off yet? No, I think he's just getting ready. There, a lot of our guys have not teed off yeah. yet. Uh, Xander Shoffley hasn't teed off. Roy McIlroy hasn't teed off. Uh, there, there's still a lot of guys. Justin Thomas hasn't teed off. Fleetwood, so they'll, 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 they'll tee off in the next hour, our yeah. time. Or their yeah, time you'll too. know. Hey, by the way, JT, I just saw him. He, te- he had his first his opening tee shot right where Tiger did back in 2003. You remember that? They never found the golf ball. There's like 50 people walking around, and they never <laughs> found it. He had to re-tee so hopefully JT has a little bit better luck uh, this morning. But, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. So Rory McIlroy continues to be. So we, we've seen what Spieth has done. He's kind of, you know, resurrected himself a little bit after going through the drought. Uh, he still hasn't won a major yet since 2017. But at least he's got a win. I mean, Rory's seven years. I mean, Rory's too good to not still be winning major championships. I just can't think that he's done. So I'm really anxious to see how he plays. He's, you know, he's been working with uh, an, a new swing instructor and, Working on that, it just it's got to come together at some point in time. So, which one have you had, Rory? 
I got him in the middle of the first round. All right. So I, I'm, I got I got hope for that one. I, Rory's a fun guy. Speed, Rory. Well, those guys are playing well. I think the tour is better. So um, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for both guys, those guys to get their game back and, and have a tournament this week. So, well, it's, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch it. And you know what? I, I'll tell you this. I enjoy watching a Lynx golf like this right now. I don't need to see sideways rain where you can't see the, through the camera lens because there's so much rain <laughs> yeah, and really. you can't follow the golf ball. So we got some wind up there. We've got some quirkiness. We've got some pop bunkers. I, I think this is this is good for me. I don't I don't need stocking hats and rain gear. So I don't know how to phrase this gracefully, but are any of the second or third tier European guys who you know their names and they've been around, but you really don't expect them to win? Is this where they shine? Kyle, oh, it's been. I mean, when's the last time we had an Englishman win a Open Championship? It's been uh, a while, right? Um, but you know, you look at the guys that are up there. I mean, I think the guys you're talking about are the, you know, the Andy Sullivans, um, you know, the Danny Willis, the yep. surprises at the Masters. Um, yeah, let's see who else is up there that's kind of hanging around. Um, well, Justin Rose and Paul Casey. I mean, they're good yeah. golfers, but they're not Spieth and Kepka and DJ. You know, but do yeah, they have something on this tier. course? Um, I, I don't think this course. I don't. I don't know how to say this golf course has an advantage to anyone because yeah. we've seen the likes of Greg Norman at the number one in the world win here in '93. We saw the uh, the the uh, you know the greats of the game like uh, you know Walter Hagen and and you know. Uh, uh, I forget Harry Varden win a couple here, right? But then you've got you know Bill Rogers and you got Ben Curtis and Darren Clark as an older guy, you know, just you know really kind of unexpected winners. So I, I just I, I have a hard time saying this golf course. I, I think it's just a variety of different players, and it just is whoever's drive. I think the one key is you got to drive it well. I mean, we watched Bryson do Bryson ball this morning, and he just stuck to hitting it as far as he could. He I think it was a four hundred and you know. 30 or 40, you know, yard hole, and he had 60 yards out of the heavy stuff. Couldn't stop it, went over and do another bad lie, made bogey. So I, I think you just have to drive it well. So when you look at guys like Justin Rose and Paul Casey, typically really good drivers of the golf ball. So can those guys compete? Sure, absolutely. All right, we'll leave it right there. We appreciate everything except your uh, opinion about Louie. That was wrong, but whatever, Brian. You can't get them all. Yeah. No, look, that was also that was also positive towards you, DJ. That just says that you have an influence on PK, and I don't even know if he felt knew that he was admitting that, but he did. He admitted that you influenced his life. I think there's a song there, PK. You could probably sing <laughs> that for us about how you influenced my – anyway, yeah, I'll let you guys go. Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio. He and Bob will be on Saturday morning, 6 to 9, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Craig Bowlerjack is talking NBA Finals next. It is 2-2. Which way is Bowler lean and Sons or Bucks? We will talk with him. And the Joe Ingles Show, a special Olympic edition, live from Las Vegas, where Australia plays the U.S. Friday night. They won the first meeting. They got a second tune-up game with them before they take off for Tokyo. Joe's going to be here at 9.05 on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Jonathan Tabinari, former BYU great. You had some great insight and going back and forth on Team USA and why this team seems to have its struggles playing international style basketball. When you're playing international competition, it's tough. It's a different ballgame, guys. Physically, it's very 90s NBA-esque. You know, you could put a forearm, you could use your hands, and uh, the hands part of the ball. And it's very much in that type of situation that it's very physical. And this is not going to say that, that Greg Popovich is not the Hall of Famer that he is, but I just don't see how his style of personality and coaching fits what the international scene is. There's a whole lot of things that need to change for this team so they can win gold medals. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision loves teachers. If you're a teacher and needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants to give it back. Schedule a free consultation appointment and inquire about additional savings to their summer sale price. Call them today at 801-253-3030 or check them out at davisvisionmd.com. DJ and PK, it's time to bring in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ, PK. How are you? Hello. I love you. Won't you tell me your name? (laughs) DJ, PK, Bowler. (laughs) You didn't mean that literally. <laughs> All right, Bowler. Two sure. games apiece. The Suns win two at home. The Bucks win two at home. Three to go. It's best two out of three. Who do you got? Oh, my goodness. Well, look. Um, home court's everything, right? So someone's going to have to steal one. Well, the Bucks. Uh, so, you know... Uh, this one's uh, this one was easy to call about five days ago. That was been the Phoenix Suns, who are absolutely dominant, and I was really impressed with their play in the first two games. Now the Bucks in that uh, just scramble, get it done, defensive mode, and Jake and I were just talking about the recovery block by uh, Giannis last night, big time, big pint, big time play, big fourth quarter. Uh, I still have to lean Phoenix way because they have a game seven at home if necessary. But this is a better series than most thought. I liked it. Entertaining game last night. Hard fought. Loved the fourth quarter. Uh, the threes aren't really falling for either team. But uh, the mid-range jump shot, man, it's huge. It's keeping Phoenix alive. It did at least on the road last night. Uh, but I was impressed with uh, Middleton, Antetokounmpo. I mean, those are efficient numbers. I mean, PK, come on. Double-double, eight assists, three steals, two blocks. Um, he didn't play all that well in Phoenix, but uh, games two, three, and four, I've been pretty impressed with the big guy. Yeah, the thing that stunned me was like 78 field goal attempts to 97 for the Bucks, yeah, and that is right. a startling number. And and if the Bucks do that, they have a 20 field goal attempted advantage. I mean, I don't know what the win percentage is, but I got to believe it's really, really high. Well, they got to the free throw line a lot, too, last night, and that frustrated. I think that played a big part. I don't know how you guys looked at it last night, but, you know, Booker was, you know, Booker was incredible. I'm looking at highlights right now. Let me turn it down. Uh, But, you know, Booker goes 42. Chris Paul struggled, but, 
you know, it's it's about free throws. It's about getting in the head of your opponent a bit. It's what the home court does. Look, Salt Lake is loud. Vivint Arena is awesome. Um, you know, fear the deer. <laughs> Look, that crowd was crazy last night. Uh, doesn't happen often, right, to have a finals uh, in your building uh, and a chance to win it. And you're like you said, it's it's down to just a mini three game series and how this turns out. You flip a coin, but. I like the way the Bucks are playing right now. They're much more engaged defensively. Um, the mid-range shot on both sides of the ball, on both sides of, uh, of the floor, are uh, really kind of the bread and butter, what the Suns like to do and what the Bucks like to do too, especially with Middleton um, and Holiday. Uh, Chris Paul was just off his game last night, but it tells you how important he is to the Phoenix Suns. And, and Aiton didn't get as many touches as I thought that maybe he would. Uh, he did not get to, the, get to the free throw line, but I still like the way Aiton's played in this series. Uh, he's a he's a he's a dual threat, but I don't know what the separator is going to be. You know, that's what I keep trying to think to myself, DK. Uh, what what will be the difference maker in the title here? And uh, is it going to come down to Booker? And is it going to come down to to Antetokounmpo? It, it may just be those two guys, or you may see a Middleton, or you may see Chris Paul. Um, Save the day. Um, 36 years old, he wants it bad, and I get that. But that game seven, if they, if it goes seven, which I'm guessing it will, uh, is going to be in Phoenix, and that could be the difference maker. Really, home court could be the final, the, have the final say. So the finals is a bigger stage than a regular season game, so that's just not even comparable. But just like in the moment, you're more impressed with Giannis the hips and shoulders are squared up. He's defending Booker, and he spins, does a 180, takes off, finds the ball, oh. and gets the block. Or Rudy gets fooled at the top of the key and recovers all the way back to the rim to get the swat and call, and, and save the game. Uh, DJ, those are both. Well, look, I mean, because it's a finals game, that's a dynamic, maybe, well, game four saving play. But Rudy's ability of on top of the key to recover that quickly to go baseline is just incredible. I mean, that's why Gobert is a three-time defensive player of the year. Giannis, obviously a two-time MVP and could be a could be a finals MVP the way that he's played. So, you know, if Rudy could do that in a finals game, we, we wouldn't be surprised. But we see it the way that Rudy can recover – it's really his calling card in my book. I mean, Gobert is drawn out. Look, it didn't work quite quite his way against the Clippers. He didn't know whether to go guard Terrence Mann or stay low on the block and guard rim, and he jumps out late. you got to make those decisions, and it's difficult to do. And one of the things I think the Jazz will be looking at in the offseason about just another you know guard uh, that can go out and jump out and defend, but that's a whole other conversation. But both of those plays are, are dynamic. I mean, that's what bigs are supposed to do. But the feet, the way the the footwork of both those guys are absolutely phenomenal. And that play last night will be replayed uh, all day. Probably was all night, and again all day. Probably be reviewed again for game uh, for game five. But that was that was a hell of a play. And probably in my book, I thought that moment probably changed the way that the outcome of this game uh, last night. So when you say this play will probably be reviewed all night what you're saying is all night long all night long (laughs) all night night. night. 
<laughs> Got to get Tim Lacombe to sing that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Play along. I like it. <laughs> the thing- oh, my. It's been re- replayed, replayed all night long. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great thing about the Bucks is that when you look at their lineup right now, they played, what, seven, eight guys? Uh, I think T got 11 minutes. And you look at how they assembled this team. Brooke Lopez is the highest drafted player on this team at 10th. Giannis goes 15th. You got Holiday 17th. Chris Middleton, second round, 39. Yep. Uh, Connaughton, uh, second round, 41. P.J. Tucker, second round, 35. It's not the traditional way. And I just no. think it's outstanding for the league to send the message that do your homework, do everything that you can the right way, and you got a shot. You know, PK, this is going to be talked about um, if the Bucks win uh, for a long time. Uh, and because, to your point, it's been – I read a great article the other day. It's like a 10-year mission by Milwaukee to get to this point. And I think, you know – we're also in a world where it's win now and it's um it's it's a long road but you you just kind of went through the whole process of of how they've built this team the pieces needed free agency draft picks lopez by the way antetokounmpo who uh they really uh just went out and said we're we believe in this young guy and look what he's become um, you know, his line again last night is superb. Middleton, Lopez, remember, saved the day when Antetokounmpo had the hyperextension on the knee and came out and had a career night. But he's a solid guy. Uh, didn't have a good three-point shooting night last night, but he, for a big, he can shoot the three. I like the team. It is what – that is team. It's very much like how the Jazz have done it, team. Uh, and sometimes that word – doesn't go well in my opinion when i travel uh within within the nba it's like ah come on man the team now you got to have the big three and you know it's refreshing and i think the ratings have proved that look they're only really comparing it to last year in the bubble but there was so much discord amongst fans about black lives matter and and covid and all the issues that people were just like you know upset about and, um, you know, the numbers didn't prove out. Okay, you know, anger, reset. And if people don't like the way this series has gone, it's, I'm sorry, it's, it's the way it is. It's not LeBron, it's not KD, it's not Luka, uh, but it's, it's guys that bust tail. And even Chris Paul, love or hate him, the guy has played his backside off uh, to get to this point. And, you know, Booker's grown up. Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton has grown up. I mean, you're showing that you can still be at a high level with players who fit a system. And I, that's what I applaud, you know, the Bucks doing. They, they put the right pieces together. Uh, they struggled during the regular season, but they found their way. And that's, what, that's all that counts is that you're one of the last two teams standing at the end. Um, but I think fans, I don't know, what do you guys, I, I, do you guys agree? I mean, some of the people I've talked to have actually, it's a it's a breath of fresh air to have new faces, some new young stars growing. And, you know, I talked to Doris Burke not long ago. And, 
she thinks it's really on the networks um, to really help grow new new stars in this league. You know, we get fixated on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Look, they're talented, yes, uh, but they go to big markets and they're on television a lot. Zion was on, I think, more than anybody last year. And look, he's in New Orleans. I get it. But it's, again, how you hype or build a team. And networks, she was saying, maybe had some responsibility uh, or irresponsible in some ways of ignoring some teams or some stars. I thought it was pretty intriguing. Maybe this is one of those situations where the, the Milwaukee Bucks and even the Phoenix Suns are getting their just due and letting fans around the country see just how talented uh, this group is. Well, I think it's uh, they're they're not embracing social media enough. The sizzle reels, those opens that uh, the the sizzle reels are good, but in the digital universe, how come they're not doing them for all of the top one hundred players? How come they're yeah. not doing them for every player? I mean, there's probably a point of diminishing returns. Guy ten isn't playing enough; he doesn't have enough awesome video to make it. Right. But, but why aren't they doing it for the top fifty or hundred players? Um, you know, to the degree you use music, when you do one open to a game, you know, you have to pick. Are you using classic rock? Are you using rap? Are you using country? Well, when you're putting stuff out on social media, why isn't there everything? I mean, there's literally no limits here. Yeah. And and there's a chance, and, and you're of the era, you know this, and the NFL gets a lot of credit, and CBS gets a lot of credit, the cold opens that they did in the 80s, kind of setting the storyline. If you go back and look at them, I mean, they were good, but they weren't that good. I mean, everything changes. You know, yeah. the pace they're editing at, it's totally different. So there's that kind of st- chance to build storylines, and I think there's a... There's a lot of work to be done there if they choose to do it. They're also getting a lot of money because even though people, the viewership is dropping for these big events, whether it's the baseball all-star game or it's the NBA finals, viewership's dropping, but it's not dropping as fast as the viewership is dropping for everything else. Mm, true. Scripted true. dramas, sitcoms, and all that. They're, they're taking a much bigger hit. Yeah, they are. So, you make a great point about you know the visual elements that that television should use to their advantage because as a I think as a society it's a visual and an audio type of excitement that they can bring the way things are edited the way things are presented whether they use a TV or radio call uh, just to put an exclamation point on the particular player or the particular moment mm-hmm. to relive it and to bring it into your home. Uh, you can do it the lazy way or you can take, you know, find some, some incredibly talented people who can give you the, they give them the thumbs up to say, go do this and make a presentation. As you said, those dry opens, you know, on, on football uh, was something again is to catch your attention, to pull you in and keep you there. And it usually always elevates, you know, the excitement level, but it also promotes a particular player to that they're going to, you know, focus and concentrate on. And it helps build, you know, their reputation and their star power. Um, it depends what the networks want to do. Are they going to, you know, what are they going to do in game five? I mean, is it going to be all Giannis? Is it going to be a Chris Middleton who may not be the sexiest name around the NBA because of the 40 the point night that he put on Are they going to do, you know, show the frustration of Booker and, and the Phoenix Suns? I don't know, but, I, there, there are some points to that, too. I mean, I think you, you have to draw the viewer in more and more now. And 
television has still has that that blessing to visually and audibly, you know, let you hear, see, and hear the sounds and sights of a game. Uh, just depends if they want to go the distance to do it. Bowler, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again. Hey, tell Joe to put ten dollars down on red, will you? <laughs> okay, the Utes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten ten on red okay. yeah, for the Utes. We'll do. <laughs> he really feels if he feels lucky, go twenty. And All I'll right. try to I'll try to run into him later and take care of that. <laughs> All right, thanks, Bowler. All right, guys, see you soon. All right, Joe Ingles is coming up. Joe is coming up in about 15 minutes right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from Las Vegas. Australia playing some tune-up games, ready, getting ready for the Olympics. They beat the U.S. They're going to play him again on Friday. We'll talk with Joe. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I never thought Notre Dame would ever play the home game. It owes BYU. Be a reason. They're Notre Dame. They don't really have to. Well, they why'd just... they sign the contract in the first place? They're supposed to hold up your end of the deal. One time I went to Ocean City with a bunch of my friends. A bunch of people were walking by. And we got to change into our beach gear. And so a couple of the guys were holding towels up. All of a sudden, one of them dropped the towel. You're not holding up your end of the deal here. We held up the towel for you. Now Notre Dame is dropping the towel. And there BYU sits naked as can be. Oh, that was a long way to go to get there. Well, I like oh, admit that was pretty long way to go. But the point is, Notre Dame should live up to that deal. Catch the Big Show weekdays from two to seven, presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK reminding you, we are brought to you in part by the Warehouse. You can join the Big Show Friday at the Warehouse from two until seven. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. <laughs> And now we're going to blow your mind with a story PK just read to me during the break. This has nothing to do with sports, but it's highly entertaining. And it's a situation that at least to a degree, many of us have found ourselves in. But this is an extreme example, and we're all really glad we don't have this story to tell. It's entertaining, but it's better that somebody else lived it. Dateline Stockton, California. It used to be the Jim Healy show back in KMPC. <laughs> Dateline, he would do that. So uh, Stockton, if you haven't been there, about an hour south of Sacramento in the Valley. It's hot. It's flat. Home to the University of the Pacific Tigers. It is, yeah. Hour and Just a half. A new coach. Probably an hour and a half-ish from the Bay Area. Yeah. With uh, Stoudemire taking yeah, off. Elevated the assistant coach. They did, yeah. It was that very day. Yeah. yeah. They did make stay. Okay, you're leaving. Move you, you up. Where did he go? Boston? He's, he's going to be Ime Udoka's yeah. lead assistant right. for the Boston Damon Celtics. So, Dateline Stockton, California. For passengers on Allegiant Flight Airlines Flight 161, an hour-long flight turned into a 17-hour journey. A what? A 17-hour journey. That's not possible. I'm looking at this on Google Maps. It says you can fly it in an hour and a quarter. 17 hours. What went wrong? It was absolutely horrible, said Jade Watts, who was on that flight. The flight was scheduled to arrive at Stockton Metropolitan Airport on Monday night at 9.30 p.m., they got in on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Missed it by that much. Here's what happens. This quote, the pilot comes on and says the control tower is closed, said Watts. The pilot couldn't get a hold of anybody on the ground in Stockton. So they all went home. Hey, Bob, we got any? I don't think so. I think all the flights are done tonight. Yeah, what do you think, Mac? Let's cut out, man. Let's, Let's go, go out. Home. Let's go get a burger. Let's hang. <laughs> So they, they apparently they leave. 
<laughs> so the Giants game is on. Let's go. So you can't. It was All Star break, so uh, home run derby finishing up. Uh, they can't land without a weather report. So they went back to Vegas. Oh. Then he comes on and says, "There's a thunderstorm in Vegas and zero visibility." Now down in southern Utah, they've been having a lot of rain, I guess. Uh, and, and obviously that goes over in the Vegas with the monsoons. I mean, the monsoons in the desert are much nastier than we get here, having lived through that many years in Arizona. They kick up a lot of dust with the winds. Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't know if you once saw there was a picture of them. They come from the south, so they're coming from the East Valley. And huge, I mean, like the m- biggest massive wave you can imagine, but it's dust. It's not water. Mm-hmm. And so they can, and you feel the dust gets in your mouth. Like, yeah. And you can taste it, you know. So it really causes a lot of uh, problems there. Uh, so they go back to Vegas, but there's a thunderstorm. So then they got to figure out, okay, we got to land here pretty soon. <laughs> so, so they go to LAX. <laughs> They're allowed to get off the plane and went into a holding room, but... Uh, but he's got hotel reservations. To make matters worse, there's no restrooms in this holding room. Flying, finally, the flight was rescheduled for Tuesday, and passengers were given 250 buck ticket vouchers and left to fend for themselves. Quote, we had to find transportation in our hotel rooms. There were people sleeping in the airport. Uh, according to a legion, a visibility sensor is part of the airport's weather reporting system, and OK's plans to land, it went out, and the Stockton control tower was closed. So... Rescheduled the next day. You can drive from Vegas to Stockton in eight hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a horrible story. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I mean we've all had them. Yes, we've all gotten the vouchers. Sorry, your flight is canceled. Yeah, I had uh, stranded in Houston. You know, I've flown once. Allegiant from Provo to Phoenix a few times, and they've been fine. Some other times, not as good. My uh, wife's uh, nephew got married. Uh, February before last. And since it was February, she says, do you want to go to his wedding? Absolutely. <laughs> In February? <laughs> yes. And so we left at 2, and the wedding was at 6. But fine. Got there fine. And then on the return flight, was a Sunday, we get to the airport, and there was a storm up here. So um, the flight was canceled. And the next flight they could get you out was Wednesday. And you were gone. I remember you were gone. So I called Lloyd. Lloyd, we got an issue. (laughs) (laughs) But I ended up doing the show Monday morning uh, down there. I was able to use a uh, certain technology that's acceptable at certain times. And uh, used it uh, there. And did the show because you you hardly ever take off, but you were gone, or else I would have said, "Fine, come back Wednesday, <laughs> <laughs> DJ. I'm gonna miss one." Yeah, uh, but you were gone, so I felt the need to get back, and so we ended up going on Frontier. Uh, so I used uh, Allegiant to save money, and of course, it t- cost me three times as much because I brought my daughter too, and uh, we got back on Monday afternoon. And one other time, I think I was on uh, Delta. I mean, I'm not singling out any airlines by any stretch. My wife and I were in Hawaii, and we were supposed to take a, an evening flight, and we're golfing uh, that that day on a Monday, and it got canceled. Yeah, and, we had a flight mechanical issue canceled yeah. in Hawaii once. Oof. And it would have been 
then we go the next day, and they uh, the pilots and the crew they timed out because mm-hmm. it was delayed. So yeah. now we're two days, and so it would have been a third day, uh, and we got a fourteen year old at home that we I called up a friend. I said, "Can you go over?" <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I got this." And so he actually stayed at our house, and uh, but then we uh, instead of the staying over the second night we booked a flight through seattle and so got home at like 11 in the morning so it was a good 48 hours later so we've all had horror stories in that way one time we had we were going to uh we're, we went to the bahamas and we're coming back in baltimore and there's a big storm and our flight got uh, delayed right but they decided oh the storm has taken a little bit over to the left and if we get on this plane real quick they can get us out and so we did and there was this gal on there and she is complaining that there's no overhead uh, luggage thing and the people start yelling at her because we got like <laughs> 10 minutes before the storm closes yeah, everything yeah. out and people start sit down shut up sit down <laughs> Bo, check the bag we gotta go because we literally literally, literally right. countdown yeah the window's gonna snap shut yeah, the storm's yeah, yeah. gonna make it impossible and people were yelling at her to shut up so she did and sat down and we did get off that was funny and I remember they said the storm was around Dulles and my wife said we got plenty of time if the storm is in Dallas I said (laughs) not Dallas that's Dallas Dulles that's down in DC we're in Baltimore that's like 45 minutes to an hour away not Dallas Dulles so I mean she means well (laughs) she's hiking today and saw a moose sent me a picture nice yeah sweet which canyon Catherine Pass I don't even know she says Catherine Pass. Someone will tweet us and let us know where that is. I think it's up... Uh, one of the Cottonwoods? Yeah. What's the one that's to the north? I always get it confused. Big is to the north. I think that's the one, yeah. yeah okay. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles is in Las Vegas with the Australian Olympic basketball team. They're playing the U.S. Friday night for the, the second enemy. time in a week. Yes, the enemy. Joe Ingles. Joe Joe's, the enemy Ingles. Joe's putting on the green and gold. We will talk with Joe next. Stay with us.